Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. Continuing in our series called Return to Me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. That's out of Malachi 3.7, which says, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? He was speaking about returning with tithes and offerings. Yesterday we were talking about a declaration of honesty And we were looking at a Believer's Study Bible comment on Leviticus 27.30. It said, after bringing his tithes, the offerer was to go to the sanctuary and make a declaration of honesty and ask the Lord's blessing upon his tithes, quoting out of Deuteronomy chapter 26. And let me read Deuteronomy 26, verse 3, and it says, And you shall go to the one who is the priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. And continuing in verse 5, it says, And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God, And worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. And then continuing in verse 13, it says, Then you shall say before the Lord, I have removed my holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I've not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I've not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation, from heaven, and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Like the Believer's Study Bible says, that is a declaration of honesty. I really like that. 
And as I said yesterday, maybe your father was not a Syrian about to perish and you've never lived in Egypt under oppression. However, has the Lord ever brought you out with an outstretched arm with great terror and signs and wonders? Has he brought you to a place, a land flowing with milk and honey? Well, for me, he has. Since February 11th, 1979, my life has never been the same. I said yesterday my kitchen is not filled literally with milk and honey, and I have not had a life without tough times, but he has brought me out of or through all of my challenges every time. He's always met my every need. He saved me, filled me, healed me, delivered me, and set me free. And for that, I am much like the Israelites being delivered from Egypt and inheriting the promised land. Do you think Abram felt the same way when he saw Melchizedek coming to congratulate him in winning the battle against the four kings and bless him? Abram's tithe was proof of his thanksgiving, his honor, and his reverence. Abram knew how he got the victory. Think about it, 318 men against the four kings who beat the five kings. Without the blessing of the Lord, Abram and all his men would have been dead. Some ministers call this declaration of honesty tithing the tithe. At the Master's House, the church where I pastor in Ashland, Virginia, we have a confession of faith we say as we bring our tithes to the Lord. Now, it's based on Deuteronomy chapter 26. It's not meant to be religious or repetitive, but it's a good confession of honesty. It's a declaration of honesty. And with it, we are declaring God's blessing. Here's how it goes. Heavenly Father, I was lost, but now by your grace I've been saved. I worship you and rejoice in every good thing you've given me. I bring my tithes and offerings to you, the first fruits of the land you've given me. Establish your kingdom on the earth and look down from heaven and bless us, your people, and the land you've given us. We love that confession. It's a declaration of honesty. Reading Malachi 3.7 again. Yet from the days of your fathers you've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Wow. Well, we know what he's talking about in tithes and offerings. But he says, if we'll return to him, he'll return to us. We have learned so much in these past sessions. My heart cries out as the deer pants. Psalm 42, 1 says, as the deer pants for water, so I long for you, O God. Why is it that 88 to 90 percent of professing Christians don't tithe? Why is it that the average percent of giving for Americans is around 2%? I find it amazing the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ can do so much with so little. Could it be God's blessing? Could it be the good and honest stewardship over what belongs to the Lord with just a few? Could there really be a miracle in a dime? The genius of God's system is that it's based on faith, not on works. Even a tithe without faith is just mammon. Add faith to it, and we've changed mammon into a miracle. Do we really love the Lord? Do we really want him, the spiritual bread of life? Or are we seeking the natural loaf of wheat and bran? They claim Moses brought bread from heaven, but Jesus responded, No, he did not. John six thirty-two through 33 Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is the bread from heaven, but they did not want Jesus. They wanted a loaf of bread. John six thirty through 31 They replied, You must show us more miracles if you want us to believe you're the Messiah. Give us free bread every day, like our fathers had while they journeyed through the wilderness. As the scripture says, Moses gave them bread from heaven. 
But of course, as we just read in verse 32, Jesus said, no, he didn't. It's a connection of two sentences saying, if you want us to believe you are the Messiah, give us free bread every day. Do we want the loaf of bread or do we want him? Mike Holmes wrote an article called, What Would Happen If the Church Tithed? He said, the truth is, giving is a heart issue, not a money issue. So why don't we give? The real problem when it comes to our giving is not about money, he says. Not really, actually. The Bible says it's about our eyes. Rather, it's what Jesus called the evil eye. He said it like this, quoting Matthew six twenty-one through 23. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Mm. And I like this quote from Mike Holmes. The full power of tithing is found in grace and not in fear. It's something we get to do rather than something we have to do. That's a beautiful quote. Now, I've heard some say, start with a little and work our way up to the tithe. Well, that sounds good, but that's not in the word. I can't find it anywhere. I don't see any recommendation to start with 1% or 2% and work your way up to 10%. My recommendation is to believe his word. Step out in faith. He'll not fail us. There's no reason to work our way up and believe in God. There's a miracle in a dime. Why wait for the miracle? We need it now, not later. We need to trust God now, not one day in the future. We need his blessings now. God has never said work our way up to a tithe. Is he trying to hurt us or bless us? We need to consider honoring and reverencing him now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day to trust him. Let's step out of the boat and prove him. He's our heavenly father. He wants what's best for us. He will not let us fail. He's ready to catch us as we jump into his arms. Malachi 3, 6 through 12 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. So you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, Malachi mentions a curse there. If you don't tithe and give in offerings, you're cursed. However, in the New Testament, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law by the blood of Jesus Christ, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. So, yes, we're redeemed from the curse of the law, but I don't believe we're redeemed from the blessing of the law. And so I love the blessings. I still receive them because the principles are right. Now, I'm shouting from my rooftop, and this is my prophecy. Wake up, church. Trust God's system of finance. Follow his word in faith. Do the right thing as shown by Abel, Abraham, and Jacob. Do the right thing as confirmed in the law. Do the right thing as instructed in Leviticus and Proverbs. Do the right thing as prophesied in Malachi. Do the right thing as confirmed by Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews. And watch and see what the Lord will do. 
By faith, in honor and reverence, let's bring our tithes to our eternal high priest with a declaration of honesty. Let's bring them to the one and the only, the Lord Jesus Christ. The word holy, that's what tithes are. They're holy. They are a part. They are to be separated, sanctified. They are sacred and dedicated to the kingdom of God. He said, return to me and I'll return to you. Now at the master's house, we have a disclosure. I'd like to read it. Pastor Jim and the master's house accept no responsibility and take no credit or glory for any blessings, miracles, healings, victories, prosperity, happiness, peace, joy, or strength from following the principles within this teaching from the word of God. You are solely responsible for the effects of following God's principles in his word. All credit, honor, and glory can and will go to the only one who can produce such results, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, also known as the Holy Spirit, the Son Jesus Christ, El Shaddai, and the Great I Am. Well, I've certainly had a good time in this series. This completes our series on Return to Me, and I'll Return to You, out of Malachi 3.7. And of course, the word is holy, the tithe is holy, and holy to the Lord. It's to be separated, sanctified, and dedicated in respect, honor, and reverence to the Lord. It's time to go now. I'm so glad you joined me, and we'll see you tomorrow with a brand new series. Be blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.